0: Welcome to the FCC Podcast. Hear all the stories, worship, and teaching from Sunday service. Want to connect with us or learn more about FCC? Visit us at fccetown.com. The journey towards Christmas seems slow and methodical all year long, until it doesn't. And right now, that journey may feel rushed and hectic, but you know where it's leading and the moment you're awaiting But the first Christmas was a bit different. The Christmas that defined what we celebrate this time of year was a journey unknown by many of its most well-known participants. Yet, each of those journeys warms our hearts and speaks to our moments and emotions of the season. And this season, they once again lead straight to the one who has always been the destination, the King, the Savior, the Messiah, the Christ. Jesus. Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. We are uh, glad that you're here. I'm glad that we get to spend this morning together. And um, you know, it's interesting. It makes this a unique day. It makes it a unique year because typically, uh, Christmas is a very personal thing. Christmas Day is a very personal time for uh, for us for our family. Um, But with this being the year that it is, and Christmas happening on Sunday, we get to share some of that personal time uh, with each other. And it's kind of a special moment and makes this a very unique day. And it's so personal that in our house, the the Christmas tree that has all the presents underneath it is down in the basement. And so when we get up on Christmas morning and we go down to to open gifts, I, I can remember The last couple of years looking at my watch And it's like mid-afternoon And we are still in the basement uh, Talking through where all the gifts came from And telling stories about all of that And and the day's like half done already And not to mention that, you know, that's the middle of of the day and, And there was never any talk of even leaving the house on Christmas So it's that personal But not this year This year, we get to spend this time with each other. And because of that, um, it is still a moment where even though we're around all kinds of folks and even though we have family traditions and we have uh, traditions that we're participating in and there's Christmas parties that have already happened and maybe there's even Christmas parties happening today that, that you're gonna participate in, we still have to kind of recognize that amidst all of that chaos and all of that noise and all of that activity, Christmas is still very personal. The story of Christmas is personal. The, the journeys that we've been talking about for the last month, the, the journey of the wise men, and the journey of the shepherds, the journey of Mary and Joseph, especially the, the journey of Jesus, is very personal for each of us. And so amidst all of the noise and all of maybe the clutter that's now at your house, or will be a little later on, and amidst all the activity, it is important that we find a way and find a moment to just stop in the chaos and take in and remember just how personal this celebration is, however we can. Let me try this for us this year. Last Christmas, I uh, got this book for Stacia. It's a book called Every Moment Holy by Douglas Kane McElvey. It's a book that's full of liturgies. Okay? And before you think that's awfully smart and scholarly and all that kind of stuff and maybe a little bit boring, uh, liturgies are, are just prayers. And this particular book is full of prayers or liturgies for different moments and different seasons of life, but not overtly special ones, just normal, common activities of life where it might be a good idea for us to stop and pray, and to turn that common event or that to-do list event into a spiritual event. Now, just as a for instance, um, there are some liturgies that are in here uh, for Days of laundry, a prayer for you to pray before you start laundry. There, there's a prayer that's, that's in here for those moments when you are just overloaded with information and your head is spinning. There's a liturgy for that. There's a prayer that's in here for um, the moments before you go shopping. Okay? I probably could have used that prayer a couple of weeks ago. would have been helpful for me. There's prayers that are here for for very common things. There's prayers for home repairs and prayers in here for changing diapers. There there are liturgies that are written in here for the liturgy for watching a storm. There's even one here that's the the liturgy for the keeping of bees, if that's something that you do. But I want to share one with us today that might seem a little misplaced, or a little off the timeline, and maybe even a little bit late. But I think it's quite fitting for the uniqueness of this particular Christmas. It's the liturgy for putting up a Christmas tree. The idea of a liturgy is simply that it's a prayer, that we pray before an event, that we pray before that to-do list gets started, that we pray before we tear into something that might just send our emotions and our uh, activities going in all kinds of different directions. And so as I read this prayer, I'm just going to ask that you would kind of enter into this moment of prayer with me and think back to the imagery a few weeks ago when we were putting up our Christmas tree in preparation and anticipation of today. O Emmanuel, we would find in our traditions these reminders of the wonders of your love. First, let this fragrant tree cut down and then raised beneath our roof. Remind us how once upon a time, The high king of heaven consented to be cut off from the glories that were his birthright and descended instead to dwell with us in a broken world, beset by harm and evil. Praise to you, Emmanuel. Next, let the hard wood of the trunk and the outstretched branches remind us How that same heavenly king, who had entered our world on that distant night, would soon act to redeem his creation and his people in it, though it would require the stretching of his arms upon a cross of wood, his death for our life. Praise to you, Emmanuel. Then let these evergreen bows be a reminder of his mighty triumph over death and hell, of his resurrection unto a life eternal which will never fade, an eternal life which he has also secured for us. There is no greater gift. Praise to you, Emmanuel. Finally, as we drape the branches of this Christmas tree in the glittering finery and sparkling lights, let us imagine Christ our King seated upon his heavenly throne, arrayed in the royal raiments of his glory. And when at last we set the star atop the tree, let us imagine Christ crowned in his splendor And all creatures in heaven and on earth bowing before him, crying, Holy, holy, holy. Glory to you, Emmanuel. Worthy are you, O Lamb of God, to receive all glory, honor, and praise. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Amen. In the present moment, we don't find ourselves speaking to or praying to a baby in a manger. He's not the teacher with crowds all around him. He's not the man of laughter who enjoys the giggles of children who are just clamoring to be around him. That's not who we're praying to. And we're not praying to the crucified sacrifice, bloodied and beaten from all that he has endured for us. When we pray, we pray to the one who is a conquering king, who is worthy of all of the humility that mankind could possibly muster. The world bows before his might and his power. And yet, in all of that, this is still personal. There was a moment in John chapter three when Jesus himself was trying to explain who he could possibly be and who he possibly is and, and, and why he had come. And when you think about the complexity of that Explanation. I mean, the complexity that's wrapped up in the creator who became a baby, who became a teacher, who became a sacrifice, who became a hero and king. That seems like a pretty complex story. But Jesus addressed the complexity with simplicity that has been memorized and recited by children for centuries of time. You know these words. This is what Jesus said about himself. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through Him. It's the simplicity and the complexity of why He came. And why we celebrate Christmas. And it is the complexity and the simplicity of those words that makes it so personal just to kind of restate what Jesus was explaining god was so in love with you that he gave that he gave up that he released his son to be sacrificed by and for this world and even though there are some who didn't see it or or don't see it he came to be a servant Not one who is here to pass judgment and condemn the world. He came with everything that he has and everything that he is to save the world. Emmanuel, God with us, left his role as high king of heaven to enter this broken world. And he emptied himself of all of his prerogatives and rank to stretch out his arms as a servant on the wood of the cross as a substitute for you and as a substitute for me so that we might have eternal life. The baby that we celebrate in the manger today Emmanuel is the Savior and the King and the Servant that we could not possibly begin to understand how much we needed. But because of Him, eternal life and joy is available to us instead of condemnation and judgment. And if you want to get right down to the the simple of it all, the simple of, of everything that is Christmas, it is all wrapped up in these words that he said. Whoever believes in me, in him, shall not perish but have eternal life. Praise to you, Emmanuel. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we uh, come to you on this Christmas day. We, We look at this day and know that it is often a time of family and friends It is often a time of presence and stockings. And we have so many traditions and so many parts of this day that have been passed down from generation to generation. And sometimes we have forgotten to pass down the meaning and the reason for those traditions. And God, in this moment right now, May we take everything from the Christmas tree that we put up to the decorations that adorn our houses to the songs that we sing to the laughter and the joy and the presence and the nativity scenes. May we find a way in a moment just like this one to realize that all of that celebration and all of that tradition and those centuries that have been passed down to this moment, it has all been personal for each of us. A representation of just how in love with us you are. We thank you for Jesus, for his love, for his teaching, for his example, for his sacrifice, for his power, and his might, and his authority, and his journey. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask that you would stand with me as we come to a time to worship one last time on Christmas morning all together. And if today is the day that you need to make a decision for Jesus to accept him as your Lord and your savior, be baptized in his name, this is the day you can do that. This is a moment that the invitation is open. The invitation is always open. Or maybe you wanna be a part of this church and that's the decision that you wanna make on Christmas day. We invite you to make those decisions. Walk right down these aisles but may we all lift our voices in praise and worship to our Savior, to our King, Emmanuel. Let's sing together.